0: Take a moment to peek into the lives of inspirational people living the true definition of happiness with author, presenter, personal stylist and coach Moana Robinson, who chats to people who have overcome challenges to live their best life. Moana is a passion and purpose coach and a personal stylist who empowers others to discover their best life and style regardless of age. Here is Moana. Hi, it's Moana Robinson here, and I am taking a moment with Faisy Greaves, who I've known for quite a number of years. She is a very, very inspiring person, a dear friend, and she has had a very, very interesting life. Welcome to Take a Moment, Faisy. Thank you, Moana, and thank you for that lovely introduction. (laughs) I'd like you just to, in your own words, also introduce your business to the listeners and also how you came about doing what you're doing at the moment so I've got no I know that you've got two businesses haven't you I do yeah. I love what I do now um, I, I do have the
1: two businesses I, I've been in one business for about almost 30 years now I think Uh, But my new business, which is what I'm doing now, my practicing business as well now, is life coaching, transformation of your life. And uh, the reason I came to this was I went through a really, I'd call it uncomfortable uh, state in my life when I was in my early 60s through the workforce. And that's what caused me to go into coaching. And I love coaching because I've lived it myself, and I've gone through the um, the challenges that I went through. And the more I talk to people, particularly women, although I do have, I've had a couple of male uh, uh, clients that I've coached, uh, but a lot of the women have are going through, have gone through, or have been through the same. Uh, challenges that I I have experienced so I feel I can help them because I've walked the journey with them as well and um, that's what made me become a life coach so what I do is I help people to identify their limiting beliefs and their, where they're uh, what's holding them back from moving forward in their lives and becoming this beautiful person that they deserve to be because we all have beautiful inner beauty within us and uh, sometimes we we push it down so that we are always helping others but we forget to help ourselves first. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I went through a lot of that when I, I was pushed out of the workforce when I was 63 and I went through a whole year of really hitting rock bottom didn't want to get out of bed I didn't want to uh, face anybody I didn't I lost my self-worth I lost my um, my my enthusiasm to living I wanted to just let it go it was just really really hard and I didn't know how to get out of it and then my girlfriend one day my girlfriend said come on get out of this you've got to get out. that's when I reconnected with you as well and my girlfriend said you've got to go to this meeting you know this lady you know this Moana don't you and I said of course I do know Moana but what am I going to say I have nothing to do I've got nothing to say Uh, I don't know where I'm at and she said well it's a first step for you and so I did come to your first meeting which was uh, TOT and from there it was like a light bulb it was difficult I can tell you it was difficult to get out of bed I didn't want to get dressed. I, I looked at my wardrobe and I went, I don't have, these are excuses. I don't have anything to wear. Um, what are they gonna think of me? Who's gonna be there? I don't know anyone. All these, you know, my, the brain, I call them itty shitty committee in my head and my shoulders were around me. And but as soon as I got there and I met you again and I and I reconnected with you and the meetings really helped me so i was I, I it was great for me to start getting out of bed so i had at least once a week i was comfortable to get out of bed i had a purpose and then i met uh andrews you know and i decided to do his coaching uh do his course and i now i just love it i just i i can't believe it when i think of it um, sometimes I, I I look at my life and I go, wow, you've you've been through a lot in your life, but I think this was a, a massive one of my big challenges is overcoming um, is overcoming the fear of moving forward and uh, overcoming the fear of change. So the change for me was massive because I went from being employed and and not being valued and everything to now realizing how much I can offer other people to, to make that change and change is difficult sometimes we it's more comfortable to sit this change of getting out of a bad relationship change of getting out of the getting out of a job that's not healthy for you Um, a change of moving forward it is scary it's really scary you look at it and you go What's going to happen? It's like you're you're walking into a jungle. It feels like that when you're in that mess. But um, I, I love helping people do get get out of that mess themselves, like I did.
0: <laughs> you took one step at a time, and you were consistent. I think our meetings were consistent. Did you find that that helped you a lot having the consistency of every week instead of maybe every second week or every you know, three weeks or once a month? Was it better to come every week? It was definitely better to come every week.
1: And by coming every week, you, you build a connection with the people as well. And um, and I think that's what makes makes the connection stronger as well. And even with my coaching, when they first start my program, I always encourage them if we, they can manage to do it weekly for at least four or five weeks to start, because it just takes that time for 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 them to feel comfortable with me, for me to feel comfortable with them, for them. So so building a relationship, so trusting. So I think the weekly is so important because it keeps you accountable, and um, that's that's what I loved about it too, and meeting the same people as well. And then getting the one or two new people coming in, it just kept it fresh, it kept it, it kept it alive. So, yeah, that was very important. I,
0: I think it is important. And you say that change is sometimes uncomfortable and having consistency, sometimes with a few changes, like you were saying, new people coming along and meeting new people. You have that consistency, but then you have change in a more comfortable way because everybody has changed in their life, don't they? Yes. Um, and you have told me before about when you—I think—were you a child or a teenager when you came to us first came to Australia? So you've had a lot of experience behind you. What? I love your accent too. I love your accent and your your colors and, you know, you've got beautiful skin and I always find it um, quite exotic when people come from countries like you've come from. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um,
1: I was born in Ghana in West Africa um, and we had to leave the country when I was 19. So that was in 1970 and my dad had to run out of the country for political reasons. He had to get out by the end of June, so he left me. I was the oldest, and the, I've got I come from siblings, seven children. So two of them had already left, and they were studying. And actually, they were here in Australia, and so dad had um, four of us still left in in Ghana. So he had my my sister, myself, and two younger brothers. But I was the oldest. So mom took my younger sister and the baby. My, my youngest brother was only about 12 months old. So they came in a different route. So I followed dad with my second brother. He was 14 and I was 19. Oh, the challenges was cra- crazy. I've never been in a plane. I've never flown... Until I was nine. We did when I was little, but I didn't remember them. But at 19, I was moving countries with my younger brother. Dad had already left, so I didn't even have an adult with me. And we landed in Nigeria. Just walking into the tarmac there was frightening. I was so afraid to miss the flight because I wanted to make sure we reconnected as a family again. We got back, got to Lebanon, and with, and met Dad again there. And then in Lebanon, uh, an issue happened, and I, I lost my my passport one of the staff members took my passport didn't return it to me and i wasn't even aware because i'd never traveled before when we come to leave lebanon to come to australia and found that i didn't have my passport my poor dad had to go through many hoops to get my passport back so anyway we eventually got on the plane and i wasn't aware that dad was going was getting ill because he had so much stress it shows you how stress can really affect your health and he had so much stress worrying about taking his children to a safer country because we mm-hmm. were not safe in that country and um we get in the plane and he started to really get unwell
0: mm-hmm.
1: and when we landed we landed in uh india Get out of the flight from Lebanon to India, and he didn't, couldn't move. He couldn't walk. He couldn't move. And I said, "No, you." He said, "I can't move." And I was so afraid because, again, lack of experience. I was so afraid to tell the hostesses, and I'm talking fifty odd years ago, where um, you walked the tarmac to get to the to yeah. you know to get to the uh, airport. You walked back to the plane. So I physically, my, my brother and I physically held dad up with mm-hmm. all our luggage, no support. And I wasn't going to say anything to the hostesses in case they realized he was unwell and we weren't going to be able to get back on flight. And I didn't want that to happen because what would I do? There was no mobiles, there was no communication, anything like that. Anyway, we carried him physically to the, to the airport. He sat on the chair and he couldn't move. Yeah. four hours in Delhi didn't know the language we, we even to go to the toilet was frightening because I was afraid to leave dad and and go to the toilet and my younger brother it, I felt this burden of having to carry all that as I guess now it's different maybe but in those days as a 19 year old was very traumatic so anyway, eventually, when we got back again on the flight, he did the same. He couldn't walk. So, you know, I was carrying him. And then in those days, we used to wear stockings that we used to wear with the garters. Oh, yeah. not the full on stockings. <laughs> <laughs> I was told that, you know, mom said, oh, you've got to wear stockings in a flight. You can't. Anyway. I was walking that atomic, like The stockings were falling down. The, the, the feeling of what do I do? Do I need to hang on to dad? Do I walk with the stockings down by my ankles? I didn't even think I could do it. Yeah. Um, but we got back on the flight, got in the plane, and again, he, he he was starting to, he had emphysema, and we didn't, went away. Again, I was afraid to ask him for any oxygen or anything like that. We made it to Australia, we got to Kulingada, actually, Kulingada Airport. And my dad said, um, thank God I've got you in the safe country. was very isolated in those days. The buildings was hardly anything, but just this long journey. And I got to surface and I went, thank God um, we are here. And I, and I saw my mom and my sister and my brother. I went, okay, dad, it's okay now. You can get sick. <laughs> he did. Two days, we had to rush him to hospital, to Southport Hospital, because he had emphysema. And the doctors didn't think he was going to make it, but he did. Also, was pushing himself until we landed, and then he knew that we were all safe. That's when he, you know, how sometimes you you're working hard all the year round, and you have holidays, and you get sick. So I think that's what he did. I think him dropping the bundle, knowing that. We're
0: all going to be okay. He he got sick, so that was an experience. <laughs> yes, gosh. Well, you know, with coaching, the talk about the hero's journey. Well, that's one of your hero journeys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds yeah, um, like that. Do you do you believe that experiences like that contribute to strength and resilience? Yes, yeah. I I do. Sometimes, sometimes. In my coaching,
1: I've I've come across sometimes experiences really scares a lot of people and it holds them back. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't get out of that experience, mm-hmm. um, but for me, it did make me who I became. Yeah. Um, because I've I've I learned from every every experience in our lives, we learn something. Mm. And I think it makes us stronger. If it doesn't, you know, there's a saying. I'm not very good with the sayings, but it's something like, um, "If it doesn't, if it doesn't break you, it makes you stronger." So kill you, it yeah. makes stronger. It makes yeah. you stronger. Yeah. So I believe, and for me myself, mm. all my experiences made me stronger. And I looked. I've always been that kind of person. I do look at the brighter side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like I said, the worst was I was uh, sideswiped in my last job before I became a coach. Mm-hmm. And, and then at 60, in my early 60s, you're looking at yourself, you're going, how ca- how, who would employ me now? How can I get out of this? Mm-hmm. But retraining myself was also a big challenge as well you know, even when I was doing the course with Andrew to go there and there's all these younger people. I'm going, how can I do that? How can I compete with
0: them? But mm. I've come a long way and I'm very proud of, me. <laughs> proud of you too. Uh, you know, and I, you turned up every week at that meeting. Is there any advice that you could give to someone who's maybe feeling like you did when you lost your job and feeling a bit lost and hopeless and didn't see a purpose in life at all? advice i'd give is there
1: is always help out there Mm -hmm. Um, one is to have the courage to to identify that you need the help i think the most important thing sometimes we don't identify that and we don't realize we need help and we go uh, some people go into substance abuse and it it could be even not eating it could be um, drugs it could be alcohol so it it's it's a form of hiding behind something most important thing is identify I have an issue or something is not right or something is not comfortable with me and when you identify that then your mind goes all right there's I can I need to do something about that and 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 do something about and be consistent find something that would be comfortable with you find a, a coach I think coaches are amazing uh where you feel comfortable with them you feel you can connect with them you feel you can trust them and once you find that then work with that uh I think some and I I did that in the beginning I I I I did try different things because, again, my mind was lost and I was lost. But Mm. what I ended up after 12 months of doing that is when I went, no, that's not helping me because I'm still lost. So what really resonated for me, I followed and I persisted and I was consistent in working with it. Mm. And, And I think, yes, reach out for help. Uh, identifying is the first thing to reach out for help and and follow it up Uh, and and give it time sometimes it doesn't happen just you know one session or overnight Mm. it will happen but you need to be consistent and consistently and that's what I loved about the weekly ones because they were consistent um I knew that I had somewhere to go, and I knew I wanted to go, and I looked forward to it. The the, the ladies that I built a relationship with, and then knew that there might be one new one or two new people coming. Yeah, I did. I didn't miss. A, I don't think I missed a a meeting for almost until
0: COVID hit. No, you didn't. You turned up, and you had the longest drive from, out of everyone. I think that came consistently. Uh, There were some that came who were local to the Gold Coast, but you drove from Brisbane every week, even on those really hot days, and we were in (laughs) in that small room. So that's why I I say that I really saw you blossom and that consistency and, and reaching out and getting coaching and making the connection with Andrew. I really, really admire what you've done. I know that you've got... Lots of people that you love, including your gorgeous grandson, Hugo.
1: Family is the most important thing in my life, as you know. I love my family um, and I know without them I probably couldn't be where I am as well because they have supported me as well. Uh, So family love is really important. If you don't have family close by or you don't, unfortunately, don't have the connection with family, find a good friend, you do need that connection with someone and yeah. find a one or two. And you know what? Girlfriends are just as important as a, a loving family as well. Yeah. And um, for me now, my passion now is how many people can I touch their lives to change it for them? I, I don't do the change. I work with them to change their lives. Mm-hmm. And when I see... Uh, I believe always that if you can help one person, you can help a child from being bullied, you can help a a woman getting out of an awful situation, you can help one person at a time. You've done a great job. I'd love to help more. I would love to reach out to a lot more people out there that need it because Mm -hmm. at the moment a lot of uh, things that are really uh, troubling us And it would be lovely to help them. So my passion is really still help and support people as much as I can, particularly women, for some reason, we Mm -hmm. seem to carry. uh, Men deal with things differently, um, Mm -hmm. but women carry a lot. We don't realize that. And we don't. If you sit down and ask a woman, "What's your daily? What do you do for a day?" I tell you, you would be shocked to see how much she gets done in
0: a day. I know. <laughs> Sometimes you feel as though you haven't achieved much, and then you, when you look back on the day, you go, oh, I did achieve a lot." And I think it's just with with what you were talking about before. It's just taking that first step and one step at a time. And now you've got something that you are absolutely passionate about and a, a really meaningful. Uh, business that helps other people yeah so you've got lots and lots of things to look forward to you've got a, a meaningful business and you've got lots of people that you love and we all at uh, Tuesdays on Target we all love you too fazy you're you. such a integral part of the and group. my
1: grandson loves you guys too <laughs> oh,
0: he's, he's like our little mascot <laughs>
1: he, he is isn't he reminds me of Teddy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and he's busy he now, but yeah he, yeah, he he now can say mama, he Doesn't say He's uh, Moana. No, he does say it actually. Yeah, he does. And Karen and Karen, he
0: knows you too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Fazy, for taking a moment with me. We'll talk again soon, probably yes. Next Tuesday. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate that, and all the best to w- what you're doing. You do an amazing job yourself too. Thank you, Paisy. Thank you.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to Take a Moment with Moana Robinson. Remember to visit her website, bestyleforlife.com.au and book a time for a further conversation.